In this presentation, we will discuss the topic of care of qualifying person related to the child and dependent care expenses credit. This information can be found in publication 503. Care of a qualifying person. To be work-related, your expenses must be to provide care for a qualifying person. You don't have to choose the least expensive way of providing the care. So when we think about care for a qualifying person, note what they're saying is that we need to have the expenses related to something that allows us to work typically, but we don't need to then have the least expensive provider. But you can see that the IRS would probably be concerned about the level of expense or the cost of the care being provided back to the text. The cost of a paid care provider may be an expense for the care of a qualifying person even if another care provider is available at no cost. So again, we don't have to really choose the cheapest option necessarily in order to qualify for the care. In other words, simply because we had possibly a free option doesn't mean we can't still choose the paid option and, and still qualify in many cases. Back to the text. Expenses are for the care of a qualifying person only if they're main purpose is the person's well-being and protection so it's got to be for well-being and protection of the person expenses for household services qualify if part of the service is for the care of qualifying persons so we have the issue of the, the household services what kind of duties are the household service and if part of the household service is that care component what we're concentrating on here then it may then qualify for more information See household services. We'll talk about that more in depth later. Expenses not for care. Expenses for care don't include amounts you pay for food, lodging, clo uh, clothing, education, and entertainment. So specifically excluded according to this publication. However, you can include small amounts paid for these items if they are uh, incidental to, can't be separated from the cost of caring for a qualifying person. So if they're part of kind of the package deal, then the, they might be included. I mean, so if you obviously went to a school or a care and they separately put out the line item for lunches that are mandatory as part of the cost, then that might be something that you'd still be able to include, even though technically they broke it out as one of these specific line items. Otherwise, see the discussion of expenses party work related later. So we'll talk more about that. Child support payments aren't for care and don't qualify for the credit. So that's going to be, I'm assuming, that a court-mandated child support in the case of possibly a divorce or something like that isn't something that would be qualification for uh, this credit. Education, expenses for a child in nursery school, preschool, or similar programs for child children below the level of kindergarten are expenses for care. And that's, of course, going to be a big one. So if we look at the expenses when we're thinking about does this count for care for many people, they care of the nursery school, preschool, or similar programs for children below the level of kindergarten are expenses for care. So that's going to be a, a huge component where many people are eligible for this credit. Expenses to attend kindergarten or higher grade aren't expenses for care. Don't use these expenses to figure your credit. So once we get kindergarten and higher, then it's no longer the case where they're going to be there. And I think part of the rule on this or part of the rationale of this is below that, we, we don't. it's not mandatory. So it's a choice and part of that choice might be to have care so you can basically work, which is the point of the credit. Above that, then uh, the schooling is, is usually generally mandatory and therefore the primary purpose, at least in that case, or according to the law would be that they have to go there and it's not there. They're not going there in order to 
facilitate work, although it might serve that function as well. Back to the text. However, expenses for before or after school care of a child in kindergarten or higher grade may be expenses for care. So if they're in the after school program, uh, for some reason, some type of after school or before school program that allows someone to work and go to the work, then maybe that would qualify. Summer school and tutoring programs aren't for care. So the traditional summer school and tutoring aren't typically for care because, again, that goal, if it's tutoring, you would think that if the goal isn't possibly just for uh, someone to go to work. But, and I'm, again, I'm reading this into the code. This is my interpretation. But for the advancement of the student, the well-being of the student, rather than just to have caretaking for work. Back to the text, example one. You take your three-year-old child to a nursery school that provides lunch and a few uh, educational activities as part of its preschool child care service. The lunch and educational activities are incidental to the child care and their cost can't be supported from separated from the cost of the care. You can count the total cost when you figure the credit. So in this case, I mean, you might ask, well, what, what's the big deal there on that? Well, they're saying as part of the package deal that they broke out individually, the fact that they have a, a lunch and some other activities in there, which if they were given to separately, if we paid for them separately, or if that was the main thing we're paying for, then uh, it may not qualify. But because they're just part of the caretaking and they're, and they're incidental, they're not the material part, then we just take the whole amount. Example two. You place your 10-year-old child in a boarding school so you can work full-time. Only the part of the boarding school expense that is for the care of your child is a work-related expense. So only the, in a boarding school situation, only the part related to that's for work-related. You can count that part of the expense in figuring your credit if it can be separated from the cost of education. You can't count any part of the amount you pay the school for your child's education. So education isn't the purpose here, <laughs> although it'd be, the purpose here is, of course, to allow someone the ability to work. That's the point of the credit. Care outside your home. You can count the cost of care provided outside your home if the care is for your dependent under age 13 or any other qualifying person who regularly spends at least eight hours each day in your home. Dependent care center. You can count uh, care provided outside your home by dependent care center only if the center complies with all state and local regulations that apply to these centers. And you probably, when you go to the center, of course, you, you want to ask about that and ask about the, the qualifications and make sure you have the information. And they're typically the ones that are qualified will be readily providing that information. It's usually a dependent care center is a place that provides care for more than six persons other than persons who live there and receives a fee, payment, or grant for providing services for any of those persons, even if the center isn't run for profit. Camp. So now we're at a camp. The cost of sending your child to an overnight camp isn't considered a work-related expense. The cost of sending your child to a day camp may be work-related expense, even if the camp specializes in particular activity sets as computers or soccer so camp's going to be one of those areas what's the purpose of the camp uh, if part of the purpose is to have a work related you know put the, the child in camp so that uh, you can have a work related go to work basically then it may qualify you would think that would then be during the day if you basically work during the day and even if it's a specialized camp for like computers or soccer or something like that may still qualify transportation 
If a care provider takes a qualifying person to or from a place where care is provided, that transportation is for the care of the qualifying person. So now we're saying, well, what, ha what happens if, you know, some the, the care provider drives someone there? Well, then once the driving then we would think then would be part of the expenses as well in that case, because it's, it, that could be part of what is needed for work-related activities. So this includes transportation by bus, subway, taxi, and private car. However, transportation not provided by a care provider isn't for the care of a qualifying person. Also, if you pay the transportation costs for the care provider to camp uh, to come to your home, that expense isn't for care of a qualifying person. So if you break out basically the cost of their travel time, then uh, maybe that wouldn't be included. And again, that kind of gets a little bit technical on how you come up with your fee of <laughs> how much you're paying them. But anyway, back to the text. Fees and deposits. Fees you paid to an agency to get the services of a care provider. Deposits you paid to an agency or preschool. Application fees and other indirect expenses are work-related expenses if you have to pay them to get care, even though they aren't directly for care. However, a forfeited deposit isn't for the care of a qualifying person if care isn't provided. Example. Example 1. You paid a fee to an agency to get the services of the nanny who cares for your two-year-old daughter while you work. The fee you paid is work-related expense. That seems fairly straightforward. Example 2. You placed a deposit with the preschool to reserve a place for your three-year-old child. You later sent your child to a different preschool and forfeited the deposit. The forfeited deposit isn't for care and therefore not work-related. So you kind of put the deposit there to save the place, yet it didn't, it didn't happen. So then uh, you forfeited the deposit to go somewhere else.